0: Welcome to the Paul George Show. Woo! How you doing, Adam Koch? I'm doing great. How are you, Paul? I'm great, man. Doing really, really good. Did you know that you and our show have the same name? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to change the name? It's your show.
1: What do you want to change it to?
0: <laughs> you have any ideas? Um, I mean, my name's really boring. Coffee time with Just Paul. two first names. I've been picked no, on my whole life Paul, about my that first That is a names. lie. You have a great name. But no, I'm not saying, like, I don't like my name. I'm just saying my name for a show really doesn't have a ring to it.
1: I think it does.
0: I've been made fun for my name my whole life. Your whole life? Yeah. I have People like, I don't trust anyone with two first names. <laughs> They'll tell you that? All the time. Like, literally all the time. I don't trust anyone with two first names. I didn't know that. And then they're like, is your name George or is it Paul? Oh, my. Yeah,
1: I didn't know this was happening.
0: Both. I'm so sorry. And then I got called Boy George, my that, whole child. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah, Yep. yeah. Yep.
1: But I mean, now people don't know what you're talking about if you say, "Oh, he's Boy George." No, who's that?
0: people don't even know who Boy George is unless right. you're from the '80s, like me. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, I think you're you're from even the '70s. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I don't remember much of the '70s. <laughs> I, my memories are of the '80s. Oh, let's just say you. that. So, anyway, speaking of making fun, um, have, you ever, uh, have you ever gotten into, like, pranks?
1: Yes, actually. And my son is getting really into them right at the moment. My 10-year-old, Thomas, he's really digging the prank thing.
0: Okay, so have you seen this?
1: What did you say? That is so interesting.
0: Oh, for real, though. I'm for real. So some pranks get out of hand. So here's the nature of pranking. Okay, so I'll give you the art of pranking from someone with experience. I almost got kicked out of college for pranks. Really? Like when I say almost, like literally had to go meet with the board of supervisors at the college. So here's, here's the nature of pranks. They always kind of grow, so they start small. Like I'm gonna spray you with water, and then the next prank will get bigger. I'm gonna spray you with water, and I'm gonna throw gasoline in the water, you know, Dang. and then it's gonna get bigger. Like yeah, it is bigger. You're I'm right. gonna throw water with gasoline, and I'm gonna light a match. <laughs> like wow, that really escalated. That ex- escalates fast, and that's a joke, by the way. But there was this prank online where this this guy decided to prank his girlfriend, so they have the video camera on, and so he had his friend dress like a a carjack, jacker, robber with a mask on and so they pulled up at a convenience store. He gets out to go get something in and the carjack guy jumps in. The girl freaks out. This is like a and she didn't know, oh way out of gosh. control. That is out of control. He's got a mask on and a fake gun, but but these days you can't do that, right? Cuz no. so anything that's a fake gun or f- mask, you're just simply going to get arrested or, you know, hurt or something like that. So pranks get out of control. So That is out of control. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow, would so, you ever do that to somebody? No, never. I wouldn't pretend do it to that to that
0: point. Um, you know, but some pranks are really, really fun, <laughs> right? And and they can have humor to them. Yeah, and they're kind of silly and teasing. So, what what pranks are, is your your son into? Well, he's into very benign
1: ones. Uh, one he likes to do is he has this huge stuffed animal. It's actually an orca whale. Okay. And he likes to put in certain settings where you're going to think it's him, but it ends up being the orca whale. Oh. For example, he'll tuck it into bed and say, Dad, come tuck me in. Gotcha. And then... That's it's, cute. Yeah, that's not a big deal. Right. Um, he also waits to shout at you, you know, at certain corners and stuff. That you walk by and he'll shout at you. Okay. But um, nothing too drastic yet. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, okay...
1: Would you mind sharing the prank that almost got you kicked out of college? Well, car? it's
0: one of those things that escalate. You know, like I was walking up the stairs in the dorm, and this guy from like the upper floor threw a trash can of water on me. Like, wow. come down. I was like, ha ha, I'm funny. I'm wet. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to get you back worse, right? So, you know, the whole dorm, our whole floor, things just started escalating to. But here's the thing about me. All right. And if you know anything about me, Rima, I played sports. I, I'm just super competitive, right? Mm-hmm. That's toned down a little bit as I've kind of grown a little bit in virtue. But, like, I would have done anything to beat you in anything, at anything, anytime, anywhere. And if I lost, I would have been mad. And I would have just said, let's play again. Like, that would have mm-hmm. been my thing. So the prank thing was fun. But then in the back of my mind, is like, this is a game that I'm going to win at, right? That's where it gets out of hand. Yeah. So he came in in the middle of the night. Two in the morning, God knows what, out on a bender, maybe, and we stole the key to his dorm room. We broke in. My friend and I, we threw, uh, you know, like a bunch of eggs and a 10-pound bag of flour on top of him in his bed. It was hysterical because his room, it just blew up with, like, flour smoke, you know? (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) Well, he got his feelings hurt, and he told on us to the RA, and they did this investigation, and to make an example out of us you know. Wow. To put a stop to all the pranks or, you know. Eggs and flour. Well, he was coughing up biscuits (laughs) and it just was awesome. (laughs) Anyway, I wouldn't suggest that to anyone. No. But but here's the, have you ever played a prank on your wife? Something fun.
1: Yeah, actually. Um, Um, it's pretty boring compared to that, but, uh, I had her going for a while where, Basically, I, like I was supposed to be setting up for this big ministry thing we were doing, uh-huh. and I call her about five minutes till I'm like, "Babe, I just woke, I, I just want to take a nap in my office," and that was like an hour ago. <laughs> and like, I don't even have chairs set up or anything. Can you help me? And she was trying to figure out the problem. I was like, "I'm just joking."
0: I'm just joking.
1: So that's not that's not terribly interesting.
0: But you'll joke around with her
1: for a little while. I'll let it go for a little bit. Yeah, if she's enjoying it. Yeah. But I have a feeling you've you've done some stuff to Gretchen.
0: Well, we started out playing pranks early on in our marriage and they got out of control where she's like, I don't even have fun playing pranks with you because Seriously? you always win. It's that bad, Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. So it's like she thought it'd be funny to, you know, throw a cold glass of water on me in the shower, which yeah, if you're gonna get that back, it's gonna come
1: Oh my word, you know,
0: tenfold, you know, type thing. So we've kind of toned it down. But we do have fun, right? And uh <laughs> In our marriage, so we do joke a lot and, you know, play jokes, say jokes, things like that. But anyway, I do think it's important in marriage, in our relationships, and even in our friendships to have some humor. Oh, yeah. Right? Like to not always take things so seriously, especially in a world where we're always getting our feelings hurt and we're all so sensitive. Um, I think a little bit of fun, a little bit of sarcasm, you know, a little bit of humor is good for the soul.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, there's nothing more serious than salvation, eternal salvation, all these things. But at the same time, it's healthy to laugh Mm -hmm. and to not take life so seriously because
0: it's really not about us. I think a humble person laughs very easily. And there's some jokes that people don't get that I feel stupid about. So I went to speak at a school the other day, and I walked in. The receptionist was like, hey... What's your name what are you doing here so I hand her my ID they print out a name tag so I can walk through the halls of the school to get to where I'm giving the talk and doing this thing and um, so she didn't know I was coming you know like she wasn't the person who brought me in she's just the receptionist at the front of the school and she's got this picture of Jesus and it's like it's like the picture of surfer Jesus mm-hmm. like his hair's waving in you know in the wind he, he looks like California boy mm-hmm That just cracks me up. Okay, (laughs) so I just think that that's obviously not the depiction of the real Jesus, but I just think it's hysterical, right? I'm not, like, offended by it. I just think it's funny. Yeah. So she goes, so what are you talking about for your your all-school assembly talk? And I said, that guy, Surfer Jesus. (laughs) And she just totally was not having it. Yeah. She just looked at me like, that was dumb. I'm like, I can't believe you're making fun of my picture.
1: Well, you did kind of make fun of her picture.
0: I did make fun, but it was funny. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Like, we should have laughed together, but she did not think it was funny. And she was more offended that I called the picture Surfer Jesus. Now, is that, and, am I going to hell for that? To, for calling Jesus Surfer Jesus? Well, I it depends. <laughs> is he offended? <laughs> like, did I do something wrong?
1: I don't know, man. I don't know, you have to talk to your confessor about this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's I sometimes I have humor that people don't get. It's kind of overly sarcastic, but I think it's really hysterical. Anyway. Well, as long
1: as you're having fun, Paul. That's that's what counts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, laugh a little bit, and we'll have fun. We got a good show, good topic today. We're going to talk a little bit more about the art of marriage <clears throat> and how to have a great marriage, man. Have a little fun. Who
1: doesn't want that?
0: I don't know. If you don't, I don't know. Something <laughs> wrong with you, man. All right. Adam Conk, Paul George. We'll be right back. Paul George Show. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Healthshare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity Healthshare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit solidarityhealthshare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, here with the world famous Adam Conctisha. Conctisha? Yeah. You
1: use my whole name this time. Conkzilla. Conkzilla.
0: Yes. Which one sounds better? Zilla. Zilla.
1: Yeah, it evokes a large dinosaur creature. So here's
0: what you don't maybe don't know about me: is that I am a nickname giver. Are you? I've always been that way. I've always given nicknames to like my friends and stuff like that. Just whether they want it or not, or whether they want it or not. But they're the type of names that always stick, though.
1: Oh, so you're like, like, you provide people's nicknames. Yeah, not just I'm you a, call nickname people a nickname provider. Wow.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And mine would be, Conxilla. It's going to be done. I'm gonna let you choose between a few, but it's either oh, Tisha, nice Conxilla, or Conquestador.
1: That one's nice.
0: Yeah, that one has a nice <laughs> ring to it. So,
1: do you have a nickname? I have never so
0: so many nicknames, but. We'll get to those. One that sticks. One that sticks. Uh, PG. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rated PG. Mm -hmm. Rated PG. So anyway, uh, so you know, I've been thinking a lot uh, about the the idea and the reality that God wants us to have uh, a great vocation, like Mm -hmm. a happy vocation. That doesn't mean it's always good and fun, and that you know, there's there's not difficulty, right? So any vocation with a capital V, like our, our sacramental vocation, our our calling in life, uh, is a call to holiness. Like so there there's there's grinding in that. There's 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 movement, there's conversion, there's getting better, there's dealing with issues. But in in all that, through that all, like God wants us to have a thriving vocation. Hands down. So you know, God doesn't want us to be in a miserable situation, miserable marriage, miserable, you know, vocation. God wants us to thrive and but that's not always easy and it takes work, you know. And so a few shows ago, we talked a little bit about getting to um, the myths of marriage, kind of this idea we get into marriage and and it's not what we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of delusionment that set in, you know, about what we thought marriage would be, what it what it transpired to be. You know, I was talking to um, a young lady the other day who's who's dating and and discerning marriage with this guy. And she says, you know, I'm just realizing that there's no perfect person. And I was like, exactly. Like, there's no perfect person in the world, right? You're imperfect. I'm imperfect. The person you're dating is imperfect. The person that you're going to marry is imperfect. So you're really discerning. It, who's the best imperfect person for me to marry, right, to f- to spend the rest of my life with? And then what happens is we get married, and we realize that this person is imperfect and that it takes a lot of work f- for me to love an imperfect person and for that imperfect person to love me who's an imperfect person.
1: Yeah. It's complicated. It
0: is. And
1: honestly, it's too complicated for us, which is why I'm so glad God gets involved,
0: Yep, leads us to
1: the right people, and if we're praying and discerning... Um, you know, like who is the right fit for me? And Like you said, like not who's the best choice. We're not buying a car, right? Right. Like who's got the best options? Exactly. <laughs> it's it's who's gonna help me become the saint God's calling me to be, and God has a lot to say about that.
0: Yeah, and and that looks different in each marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's two individual people who get married. So you know, I'm different than you. You're different than me. You know, my wife's different than your wife, and vice versa. And so. You know, what our marriage looks like and your marriage looks like looks different, but here's what marriage is supposed to look like. It's supposed to mirror God's image to the world. So it's two imperfect people who are trying to love each other as Christ loves. And when we do that, it reflects God's love to the world because it's a sacrificial type love. And the way we grow in holiness and grow as a saint is that we choose to love the other person unconditionally and with God's help, right, and his grace. And, you know, one of... I think the myths of marriage that people get into, that we run into, that, you know, engaged couples and newly married couples and people who are married is is this myth of all I need is love. Like love will solve everything. Love's a feeling basically, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens when the emotion of love runs out? What do you do? It all falls apart. It all falls apart, right? So I've actually counseled people who, like, after 20 or 30 years of marriage, they'll literally look at me and say, I just don't love them anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I love them anymore. And I'm thinking, well, that just didn't happen overnight, right? Love is a choice. It's a decision. And what's happened is over time, you've stopped deciding to love that person. Yeah. And so you, quote, unquote, fell out of love. You don't feel in love anymore. But the reality is you stop choosing the love. Well, I think you're touching on something that a
1: lot of Christian couples experience when the deeper conversion to the faith comes after marriage, which I didn't quite experience. I mean, I'm converting every day. I'm changing because I need to. But as far as that initial decision to follow Jesus coming in your marriage, I I could imagine that being very hard because... You, you're committed to this person, but your life is so different now. Right. And so to to have this deeper level of choosing that person, maybe even more than you chose them the first, you know, when you got married, but like to marry them again, so to speak, to be willing to say, this is the person I'm spending my life with and I'm committed. I can could, I could imagine that being kind of difficult
0: in that it, situation. D- absolutely. I remember getting advice before I got married. You know, a friend of mine said who was already married for a while, he said, you know, there'll come a day where you'll wake up in your marriage, and on that particular day, the only thing that you'll have that day is your commitment to your commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to feel in love. You know, the honeymoon wears out. You, you, know, uh, you know, you're know, you just, you know, it's, the delusionment's going to set in. You're going to realize, man, this is harder than I thought. And the only thing you're going to have that day is your commitment to your commitment. And what I have to say about that is what's wrong with that? Right. Like what's wrong with being committed? and what's wrong com- with committing to your commitment because when you commit to love and you love through your commitment that pushes you through right and this, and and that's where real authentic love comes like i'm loving someone else no matter what like that's beautiful and then there'll be days where the honeymoon comes back and you'll feel in love and you'll have great moments but love is not a feeling. Let's just get that out of there. There's mm. there's times where we feel in love and we feel emotional, and, and, and that's, that's good. We're emotional beings. But marriage can't be built simply on the emotion of feeling in love.
1: Yeah. Well, well and, and I think in a Christian setting, an importance of realizing that the commitment is not just to the spouse, but it's to Christ who called you together. Exactly. They're tied together. And I don't know why, but I see all around me, and and in my marriage, I guess, this tendency to kind of separate those commitments, like, to the point where some people actually feel that their spouse is in the way of their relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And look, I'm very blessed with a marriage that has not had a lot of the external issues that a lot of marriages have to deal with death suffering addictions like a lot of right you know god has been has spoiled me so i don't know what that's like but what i'm saying is it it seems a a little too easy today for us to separate our love of christ and our spouse where in reality it's the same
0: commitment i mean you you hit it nail on the head like when you love your spouse you're loving jesus and when you love jesus you're loving your spouse and the only way to authentically love the other person or any other person is through the lenses of christ christ loving through us and i mean the the true act and form of love is christ on the cross right his sacrificial love for us and so anytime we want to know how to really love we need to look at the cross we need to understand what he did for us his sacrifice for us. I I can't imagine that through the whole agony and through the whole crucifixion and through the whole death, Jesus was like, this is really fun. This feels amazing. I'm just feeling so in love with my, my cute little friends down there. (laughs) Like there was no moment where, where the, where there was a, there was a a feeling of joy in that there was a suffering, right? Uh, knowing that his suffering was doing good. His Mm -hmm. suffering was doing good. That, that his suffering was true love and when we love in that way it pushes us through so then yes there's a resurrection um, but you know i was meeting with a guy who who's going through a difficult time in his marriage and i just simply asked him the question i said are you willing to deal with the suffering that your marriage is bringing to you and he just said no and i said what well, if you're not willing to deal with the suffering that your marriage is bringing to you then you're then you're not going to make it through because you're not willing to love as Jesus loves. You're going to give up. And he's like, yeah, I want to give up. Yeah. Right. So he's choosing to give up because the suffering's too much. But what he doesn't realize that he'll, he'll regret 20 years down the road is he'll look back and he'll say, I wish I would have stuck through the suffering Mm -hmm. because statistically people who go through divorce, right? That, uh, uh, statistically people who divorce, when they look back on their life, uh, statistically people say, I would have, I wish I would have stuck out the first marriage. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I would have stuck it out. You know, um, not everyone says that, but they kind of look back and they realize that their next marriage took suffering, right. And, and choosing to love or their next marriage. And so they, they simply just loop back around and says, man, if I would have just pushed through that first one, like knowing what I know now. It could have worked out. Yeah. Well, and
1: I think one of the myths about marriage and Christianity is that somehow the joy that God wants to give us is in opposition to the suffering that he allows into our life, whereas in reality, you know, that the fall of Adam and Eve did not take away the joy of our relationship with God, but by allowing sin and suffering into the world, that's how God deepens that joy actually to where even if we had the perfect marriage where no suffering ever happened and no problems like we would not be as happy as we are when we work through the suffering and grow together through that that's that's the joy that god allowed sin for that christ would overcome sin and death and the joy of that process of overcoming and suffering through it deepens relationships so much that it's worth it to allow sin and death into the world
0: no absolutely I think you know going along along those lines is you know the you know a real myth in marriage that we buy into and people struggle with is that you know marriage will it'll solve your problems once I get married this will fix myself you know like Mm -hmm. this attitude this behavior will go away go away and I tell people all the time like if you're looking at pornography before you get married you're gonna look at it when you get married yeah Uh, if you're struggling with this behavior before you get married uh, you're going to struggle with it after you get married. So so here's what we need to do. Let's deal with that behavior now so when you get married, you know, like you're not struggling with it or uh, w- realizing that when you get married, it's still going to be there and you and your spouse have to agree to deal with that together. Yeah. Right? So you can't hide those issues to get married because by nature of marriage, by nature of vocation, it draws out everything in you, right? Yeah. So marriage doesn't solve your problems. Uh, it doesn't fix your problems. It it, it it highlights them so that God can heal you. Yeah. And it gives you the opportunity to,
1: to be like Christ, which is what every vocation is about. You know, if we're called to be a priest or religious or, or married, it's a call to imitate Jesus in a particular way. Right. And Christ gives his life for his spouse no matter what, and— remains with his spouse for eternity, you yep. know, in heaven. And so the remaining with and the dying to self are like essential to who Jesus is to us. And we get to imitate that by our vocation. And if we run from that, if we run from the self gift or from remaining with, you know, we
0: we lose the whole point. Absolutely. So marriage doesn't solve our problems or fix them. Jesus does. So mm-hmm. anytime you really Separate your marriage outside of the context of Jesus or Christ and His His form of love. That's when we begin to stumble in our marriages, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by nature, marriage helps us to grow in holiness, which means oftentimes, uh, like our problems float to the surface, our behaviors, our attitudes. This is not an opportunity to beat each other up. Right. This is an opportunity to help each other grow. Yeah. And I think what it, oftentimes is we just point the finger. And and accuse each other instead of saying, Let me, let's, let's grow together. Like, let me, let me love that part of you. I mean, imagine if Jesus
1: decided to point the finger. (laughs) Yeah. At his spouse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. (laughs) He never did that. (laughs) I mean, just imagine if anyone ever could. Right. But the gospels would be a lot different.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. And so I, I know if you're struggling with an issue in your marriage or something in your own personal life that's boiling to the top, don't look at it as an opportunity to hide. Don't mm-hmm. look at it as an opportunity to uh, that you're bad. Look at it as an opportunity to be healed, to grow, yeah. right? And I think more importantly, let your spouse into that because so, yeah. they want to love you and journey with you in it, right? Now, if it's a situation where it's like you need extra help, some counseling, or maybe a brother or a sister specifically in your your same gender to, to be accountable which we all need we all need do it but look at it as an opportunity to grow and to get better right mm-hmm. that's what marriage does for us it's constantly moving me to holiness I can refuse that or I can grab hold of it
1: yeah well I think you're touching on something that maybe we don't appreciate enough is that if marriage if there's suffering in it or if there's an aspect of you know the unpleasant aspects the thing that relieves that the most is connecting with a community of other married people right. that are life-giving to you yep. because you don't feel the weight of it when you're with other couples who are happily married or with brothers or sisters that you can talk and share about. Like That lightens the load. Right. Not running from the marriage, that's not what I'm talking about, or, or finding fulfillment somewhere else, that's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about the church. The church has that effect. We suffer together, it's lighter and it's better with Christ and with the church. Right,
0: absolutely. And you know, I need other men to help me grow in my my life and in my marriage. Here's what I don't need and what women don't need and men don't need is someone for you to vent to who's going to take your side. Right. And <laughs> so you can bash your husband or wife. Yeah. That's what you don't need. Right? right. What you need is someone to help you really grow to think yeah you could talk and you can let it out and vent but they're gonna they're gonna want what's best for your marriage they're not gonna just agree with you and just so you're not gonna grow through that just like oh yeah 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 that's right you should just and your wife's a ball and chain and your husband's such a jerk and that's not what you need you need someone who's gonna really call you to holiness through the situation yeah so you can grow yeah man
1: we talked about a lot.
0: Yeah, you just keep talking, man.
1: Well, I do like marriage. Yeah, I you, like being married.
0: You're you're good at it. And <laughs> wait, and you guys are expecting a kid, huh? Yeah, our eighth little bundle of joy uh, in November. November, 2018. That's right. This year, a little shell is coming to the world. <laughs> a conch. That's right. Do Do y'all have like a shell
1: bed for your babies? You know, we don't, we don't have enough shells in our home. I mean, when your name means something so specific, you would think we would have shells everywhere, but
0: we don't. At least one, but we don't. One shell. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas.
1: Oh. Yeah, a shell bed. And I'll get you a George.
0: <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> anyway, it's the Paul George Show. Great discussion. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul George. Man, good show. Right here, right now. Adam Conk. Good times. And dude, here's what we're going to do, man. We're going to get right to the thing that matters most. (laughs) What? (laughs) The six-pack of questions. Question.
1: Question number one. All right, Paul, we talked about marriage a whole lot and suffering through marriage and all these things. So my question for you is, what is a pain in your life that you, I don't want to say the word, but where are you a wimp, sir? Where are you not willing to suffer?
0: Mm. <laughs>
1: like, is it needles? Is
0: it... You're talking about in my marriage or just no, 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 like... No, in general. In general.
1: Yeah. Like needles or a spider or like what, uh, what brings
0: out the wimp in you? What brings out the big, fat crybaby? <laughs> yeah. That. That snakes, snakes, yeah, yeah, like that freaks me out. Like I will cry and scream, like a, like you've never seen. Wow. Um. Let's see what else. Cold weather, really oh, freezing cold. No kidding. Yeah, I complain. I'm a big baby. You're like this, that's enough. I mean, I would deal with it. Like you know, if I was like, you know, in the army somewhere fighting for something good, <laughs> I would deal with it. But if I don't have to deal with it, I don't want to. (laughs) I choose not to deal with it.
1: So snakes in the middle of December in Minnesota, like you don't want to be there.
0: No. But I am going to give a talk in Duluth, Minnesota next year. Nice. And it does happen to be in the heat of winter. Do you like that? The heat of winter. Which is pretty much year-round almost. But uh, So I said the only way – I didn't say the only way. I said – If I say yes to this, I have one request. They said yes. I said, Can I go ice fishing? And they said, Absolutely. We'll take you. (laughs) What if there's snakes? So I'm going to go drill a hole in the ice, dude, and sit in one of those little huts and ice fish. And all of a sudden, you're going to love cold weather. Well, it's cold weather with a heater. I'm fine with that.
1: Okay. Wait, they bring a heater on the ice?
0: Yeah. You haven't seen these things? That doesn't
1: melt the ice? I mean, I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. I don't know. Well, the ice is
0: so thick. It's like, no. Like no. you can literally put a heater on it, and like it's all good. Yeah, you drill a hole, and then you put like a little tent over you, mm-hmm. and then you have a little heater in there. You cook. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, Paul. Well, I've never been, but I am going to give it a shot. Good for you.
1: All right, question number two. All right, so you have some children, and they're getting up there in age. Your um, your oldest graduating high school.
0: Dude, don't even talk about okay. it.
1: Okay. All right. I'm a wimp
0: there too. I'm falling (laughs) apart with my daughter graduating. All right. So question question number two is Mm
1: -hmm. if you have one piece of marriage advice to give one of your own children right before they get married, what would it be? Just one sentence.
0: Well, so that first of all, before marriage I would say dating really matters. Okay, so date well. So I would say date well. If you date well, then your chances of having a good marriage are much better. Mm -hmm. So that would be, I would start there. Date well. Date well. Date right. Date with intention. Date and discern. And then pick a good person, right? So that would be my first advice before like a piece of a marriage advice. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's say they
1: did that though. And it's so wedding week.
0: Wedding week? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, you know, um, be committed to your commitment. Like, love all the time. L- grow. Mm-hmm. Right? And nice. if you commit to that, like, God's going to do great things in your marriage. Sweet. Great marriage advice. Question number three.
1: Yeah. What is the thing that your spouse does that annoys you, in a fun way. Gretchola? Yeah, in a fun way. Like for me, I love you, Marianne, but she's a pretty loud chewer sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you get that much noise out of applesauce? I don't know. But it's cute. But it's cute.
0: And you've learned to...
1: Not, it's one of the things I love about her. Yeah. In a slightly annoying
0: kind of way. Um. Um. She has no concept of time. Mm. I wouldn't say no, but a very... A very small concept of time and nice. you know but she always ends up figuring it out and it's so cute <laughs> like she leaves late but arrives on time wow it you know she you know and it and even if she doesn't like the other day we were so late and i was so mad and we got <laughs> to the place and they started late at the exact time that we arrived and I was like, "This only happens to you," and it's so cute about her. I just love it. That's awesome. All right, question number four. you yeah.
1: So in your uh, in your book, rethink happiness. How much is marriage covered
0: in that? Um. So I have some yeah some things woven in there that mm-hmm. you know I kind of when I when I'm talking about certain things I might use marriage as a backdrop to to kind of use an example. mm Hmm. Um. But you know, it's certainly not a book on marriage. Okay. Yeah. So I think this that two people who are who are who are converted, who are living for God, have a much better chance of having a great marriage. So I think a husband and wife could read this book and have a great discussion, huh. a really great discussion.
1: Well, marriage challenge there.
0: So cool. there you
1: go. Question number five. Yep. Let's say you're in a situation where you're married to someone and. Y'all don't share many hobbies together. Yep. Is that important? And where could you start kind of exploring that idea?
0: Well, I think one of the lies is like we got to do everything together. We got to have all the same likes and, and hobbies. And uh, the reality is like Gretchen and I don't have a lot of the same hobbies. You know, we'll do things together and we have fun together. Um, but you know, I love playing sports and working out, and you know being in the outdoors hunting or fishing and things like that. Like it's not something she like wakes up and like wants to do, but we do enjoy certain things like outdoor things and, you know, time together. And so I would say like I'd put little value into that and Mm -hmm. more value in what are the things that matter that you share in common, your faith, Mm -hmm. you know, loving each other, having fun together, parenting together. Right. Spending time together. Like if you don't enjoy spending time with your spouse, you need to learn how to s- learn how to love how to spend time with your spouse. So it doesn't have to be in something that, that's a hobby. It just means that you can just spend time together. So right. those are the things that matter most.
1: Yeah. All right, question number six. Let's say we're willing to admit today that we're marriage wimps, meaning we run from the suffering of marriage easily. Okay. Right. Right. What can we do to come out of that? Stop being marriage whims.
0: Who well, yeah, that that's a good question. I, I think, you know, what pulls us out of ourself, Adam, is when we stop feeling sorry for ourselves and we stop thinking it's all about me. And what really pulls us out of ourselves is when we say it's a it's about me loving someone else. It's about me sacrificing. It's about me giving. And when we do those things, it takes us out of our own self-misery, our own self-doubt, our own self-loathing. So I always find when I'm struggling in marriages, I'm, like, I'm just being selfish. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about me and my needs. But when I begin to serve and love and, and get out of myself, uh, I actually begin to feel better. You know, I'm like, oh, my needs are being met because I'm loving and the person's returning that love because I'm loving. Right on. So anyway, the art of marriage, man. It's an art. That's it. So I think we should rebrand the show since you brought it up to like the art of living or I don't know, something. What do you think? We should do, all of our listeners should just pipe in online. Yeah, pipe in. What would be your rebranding of the show name?
1: Yeah, the art of living or um, Coffee Time with Paul. Living large with but, Paul George. But, but here's something I know about you. You, <laughs> you don't didn't drink? even laugh at that. Living large with Paul George. That's pretty good. You didn't even laugh. I hate you. <laughs> you could do like an NBA theme.
0: Yeah, I could. Like uh... Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> In the paint with Paul George. <laughs> Posting up. <laughs> Going hard to the paint with Paul George. Anyway, great show. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, SoundCloud, the Paul George Show. Um, You can get the book, Rethink Happiness, online at Amazon or Ave Maria Press. Just type it in, Rethink Happiness. It'll pop up by a million for all your friends. We love you so much. Adam, thanks for a great show, and we'll talk to you later.